Hey everyone, it's Don. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell you about the newsletter that I'm starting. You can go to the link in the description or my Instagram bio at Don't Worry I'm Finite to sign up for that. Uh, with the holiday season coming up, I thought there was no better time to start curating a list of some of my favorite small artists and businesses, some of which are run by people I've spoken with on this podcast and others I'll be talking with in the future. Uh, if you're looking for personal gifts that help out small creators, this is a great way to find those gifts. A few examples, uh, Anna Rose Soapery makes great soaps, candles, and a lot more chapsticks, wonderful stuff. Sarah Saturday is putting out an amazing photo book uh, with her catalog of fantastic music and her upcoming album. And uh, Kimberly English does some amazing paintings of beautiful farm scenes that she prints on tote bags, coasters, just about everything you can think of. Uh, I'm really excited to share some of these with you and help you get your holiday shopping done while shopping small and local. So uh, sign up for that uh, in the links in the description and my Instagram bio. Uh, and uh, this week, I'm going to be revisiting my episode with Nathan Terry. Uh, Nate and I talk about working as freelancers, being your own boss, and more importantly, having a collaborator and partner on projects. Uh, this conversation is going to be a great lead in for next week's episode with Nate's wife and partner, Chanel James. Uh, Nate and I discussed the benefit of having someone you know so well to work with creatively. And uh, whether or not you've already listened to this episode, uh, enjoy the conversation uh, and come back next week for my episode with Chanel. Uh, so let's get right into it with the intro music by Nate. Hey, and welcome to Don't Worry, I'm Finite. I'm your host, Don McAvoy. Today, we're going to be talking to Nathan Terry. Let's go. I'm Nate. Don't worry, I'm Finite. Welcome to Don't Worry, I'm Finite, the podcast where we dive into inspiration, motivation, and an exploration of the creative community. I'm coming at you from the ever-moving studio in Flagstaff. I'm Don, and I'm here with my friend Nate today. Hi, Nate. Hey, Don. Um, I just wanted to throw out there that I really enjoy the name, The Ever-Moving Studio. I think <laughs> Thank it's <you>. great. Fantastic <laughs> name. Since I don't have a real yeah. studio, <laughs> this, is, this yeah, is what it it's, is. It's just wherever this mic goes. And no one would goes. ever know, <laughs> just because it's a, like a good studio name, too, on top of it being very accurate. Well, it's not yeah. as good as Three Nut Peanut, but... <laughs> Three Nut, oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, i gotta buy that domain name you should, yeah just get into it before before someone else takes it i think uh, i'm safe yeah so nate is a is an old friend of mine we went to school together for a long time we've worked on a lot of different yep. projects together over the many years we've known each other and um, what do you introduce yourself as now i stick with musician and composer okay just for consistency composer okay and to to keep that that goal nice. in in my in my brain. <laughs> I think I always say you're just an audio engineer or an audio magician of some kind. <laughs> audio magician, I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When it really comes down to it, I do a lot more straight up audio work than I do um, music work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but you still play a lot. Uh, you, you've did you re you recently played in New York again, right, with the band? I did. Yeah, was that was that? the first show I played in like 18 months or something like that. Uh, I think the last show we played, the band's called Goodbye Picasso. And we played in, I think, February of 2020. Wow. And we finally had a show 
about two weeks ago. It's funny how many so, of us awesome. have like stories of we haven't done the thing that we always do for yeah. a year and a half. And it would yeah. be notable for any other time. But it's like, oh, no, we right. all just stopped doing everything. No for- one has done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so weird. And like, I feel like it's definitely affected all of the creative community very very strongly and like deeply yeah like i mean i know a lot of creative people that are on the on the ships with me i mean the ship industry shut down but they went back to their hometowns and they couldn't even do they couldn't do gigs there broadway Mm. shut down like they you know i I know people who dance and sing on broadway and they just can't do anything it's just there's no wild but yeah it just shut down i don't even is broadway open back i think it has opened officially it either has or it's going to in the next within the next month and then yeah. they changed to like every all 41 theaters require a vaccination card and a mask when you go now. So, okay, New York's taking it very seriously, like LA is. And yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm glad it's necessary. I yeah, it's I mean, good. it's yeah. unfortunately, it's necessary. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and also, just like the I know a lot of people that are in the, the touring industry, mm-hmm. and you don't think of how many people that affects until it shuts down. Or unless you're directly involved with yeah. it. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of, it's like, it goes all the way down to like people who drive the trucks yeah. to, you know, to do the tour. Immense amounts of people who do creative work yeah. and, and, the, and the support for that creative work. Yeah. I mean, just out, done, no work. Stage crews so. and people who, who clean up and stage, you know, make, you mm-hmm. know, make things up for the actual sets. Yeah. And then the people who clean up and in the place, yep. ticket takers, everybody like, Everything. It just it runs right Everything. down. People who schedule tours, work in offices, is just yeah. wild. Absolutely, yep. It was just shut down. Yeah, so. we all know that. But let's see how we how do. have you been? Yeah. Uh, how have you been staying <laughs> busy over uh, through the last eighteen months? I had some good fortune over the past eighteen months, and I I started to work as an audio editor pretty regularly for um, I'll just say a podcast, and so that's been good. You know, and a lot of people lost a lot of work and you know there was a part of me that was like oh man i can't believe i'm getting work at this point but i was also happy to just be like oh cool work from home stuff mm-hmm. and i can do work that i enjoy doing so i i got pretty consistent work doing audio editing for this podcast and then um i also did the score for a film during the pandemic i also work at a studio so i stayed pretty creative through the whole thing nice. um and I had a strange experience in the pandemic because so many people were just like completely out of their element and they were stuck at home and they didn't know what to do. And I had a very different experience where not a lot changed for me from the day to day of the year prior to the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So because, you know, the nature of the work that I do is just me in a studio editing stuff and and making tracks and things like that. So you were already working at home. Uh, yeah, and I was doing it in the office too. I was, I was, I was going into the office. Oh yeah, and I guess um, I guess you're not really in contact with a lot of people in that situation. Almost, almost nobody, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not like we're running tons of sessions and stuff like that. It's a lot of independent work. Right. Um, so some of it was from home, and some of it was at the studio. And yeah, we just kind of kept plugging away when we could, and um, I was, I, I stayed fairly productive throughout. But it was all on other people's work. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think a lot of people had this opportunity during those past 18 months to be like, okay, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? I want to make an album or I want to write a book or whatever it is. 
I was just like, yeah, kind of business as usual, which was kind of weird for the rest of the world not having that experience. Right, actually. So, so you almost yeah. you almost didn't actually get that, like what everybody else kind of got was that like almost a hard reset of like, oh, I have all this time to myself. What what am I going to like dig yeah. deep and find now? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I missed out a little bit, honestly. You know, I mean, I, I hate to talk positively of a worldwide pandemic, but I think that to a certain degree there's some good that came out of it in regards to to that oh, of, yeah. of people just like really taking stock and saying okay what matters to me and 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 what's here and i you know i got that from just talking about it and yeah. obviously you're in it because it's happening so you know a lot changes but mm-hmm. in terms of just that day-to-day thing i kind of missed out on <laughs> it a little bit so I'm, I'm a little i'm a little i'm a little bitter <laughs> <laughs> uh nathan we're gonna we're gonna have to keep this pandemic going for another year so you can get <laughs> the full experience yeah let's keep this thing going <laughs> <laughs> just keep rolling guys <laughs> just keep it rolling i think you uh, you and me uh, as well as a lot of other creative people that i know are we always have like a lot of irons in the fire so yeah. I think we are well set up for something like that where, mm-hmm. okay, this is totally shut down. I'm just going to go over here and do this other thing that I was already yeah. ready to do. Um, right, right. So like being able to kind of switch gears like that is something that I know I'm totally. used to. And I think you are too. Like you have, you have so many yeah. different projects and, and styles of work that you work on. Absolutely. For me, uh, something that keeps me doing this is that I have a variety of things that I can do and get to do. Yeah. So it keeps me sharp and it also keeps me interested. So totally. you know, I, I can, I can vary it and I can say, okay, let me work on this kind of thing. And then, yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, you and I have never been office people. Like I don't definitely no. never could see myself. I tried for a few months. It didn't work out for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely done it before. I mean, it's always been small things mm-hmm. though. like that. That's the thing with me. It's like, you know, I've always had some kind of day to day or job or like a nine to five kind of thing. Yeah. Usually part time. So I've worked in a couple offices but it's always with like a really small company and it's still related. Mm-hmm. You know, like even this job to a certain degree, there's, there's office, there's always some kind of administrative yeah. stuff you got to do. But sometimes but you got to be out you know, there slinging pickles. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be slinging <laughs> pickles. Find something oh, to, geez. find something to make a few bucks and keep, and be able you to have your free keep time. just got to keep making money. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's definitely pickles. a means to an end where it comes to like, you know what, if I can make 150 bucks doing this for a day, that'll you know that'll give me a few more days where i can just you know kind of go do what i want or work on my own pursuits and it feels good to be able to have that freedom absolutely so you you mentioned like how you were recording in in your home and like so you've Mm -hmm. you've been making it work this way for a really long time like we long we've recorded um like my old bands have recorded with you in in attics and bedrooms that you've inhabited before i've I've inhabited so many different rooms to to make music your bedroom in millville your, oh, yeah. your red, Bedroom your red in door my parents house. your red door in philly <laughs> and the red door in philly uh my grandmother's house the, the, the like the upstairs of my grandmother's realize house. how many recording sessions i've been a part of in some way shape or form yeah. in those areas yeah the, the basement in uh, jimmy's house oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so you've always been able to like the nature of what you do uh, helps with this definitely but you've you've always kind of just like made made it happen so do you feel yeah. like you're continuing to carry on that tradition of what you've been doing and, and how did how did you start yeah, definitely. how did you get come upon that like mindset to just to just make it happen and make it work it's purely out of necessity it's very exp- uh, so ideally i would love to have a dedicated space First. to work out of i mean you know when it comes to music making and studio work and recording 
I want to have like a beautiful space to work out of. I don't want to have it to sound good. And I, I don't want to have the reflections right and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, that can also be number one, really expensive. And also it requires you to kind of like be in that place all the right. time. And I've moved around quite a bit over the years, you know, just going to different cities and coming back home for a reason here and there and all this stuff. So I've moved around a lot and that's just kind of forced me into needing to work out of wherever I am. And so I've kind of taken that need and turned it into a way to be creative Mm. in that space and say, okay, this is what I have to work with. What do I do with that? Yeah, I mean, Um, necessity is the mother of invention and all that. Exactly. Do you find that you get like different types of inspiration, creativity out of working in like these different spaces as well? Like you have to since you have to make something work in a certain way, soundproof an area or make something sound a certain way, like you have to work within those confines. It almost makes you even more creative in that way. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think that, I mean, for me, any kind of um, restrictions are what make me creative across the board, whether that's the space that I'm in or whether it's, you know, let's say I'm working on a project and I I say to myself, okay, all I'm going to use for this project is these two synthesizer plugins and I'm going to make something out of that. That helps me focus my ideas. Mm-hmm. So sure, yeah, the space that I'm in absolutely can can dictate what you're doing. And also, you know, like it affects the the sound of the recording. So especially if you're doing like real recordings and recording instruments mm-hmm. with mics, the space you're in has a big uh, imprint on the, the the quality of the recording. Not not the quality in terms of does it sound good or does it sound bad, but does it sound this way or does it sound right. that way? And it gives it, and it almost gives it like a character and a memory that you Absolutely. wouldn't get if you yeah. recorded it in a clean, like a studio yeah. where you, you can make everything go away if you wanted it to. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think having those restrictions is great. Like while I love the freedom of artistic work in a certain way, like giving yourself confines definitely helps. And I mean, yeah, for creativity, for sure. But also for me, I work I work really well on deadlines. I do not work well mm, with too. open-ended mm, get it done yeah. at some point things. So I need to like, yeah, same, same. that's been like, that's, that's my worst <laughs> thing. My worst quality as a boss for myself is right. not setting hard deadlines for myself. So yeah, um, I can definitely agree with you there. <laughs> it's way too, way too easy to tell myself I can do it later. Absolutely. I, I need someone or uh, something that says, um, you have to finish this yeah, exactly, or exactly. either you're fired or <laughs> yes. some kind of, <laughs> or fear. I'll never you call you again. <laughs> yeah. I need it to, yeah. And it, it definitely drives things. Yeah. It definitely helps. Uh, you brought up a little bit earlier that you'd worked on a movie, uh, this, I did. this yeah. recent year. Um, I don't know how much you can say about it, but you've worked with your, I, I think I can mention yeah, it. Your, your partner, Chanel. That's right. Yeah. You are officially married now, so I can call your wife, right? <laughs> yeah. She's my wife. <laughs> so yeah, it's official. Uh, so yeah, your wife, Chanel is a filmmaker and she's mm-hmm. made her second film and you worked on it together. You you also worked on the first film with her yeah. as well. So you've mm-hmm. like kind of, you've developed a, a creative relationship and a partnership with her as well. Over Absolutely. this time, yeah. how how has that uh, inspired you, and how how is that as that relationship go as far as your uh, your creative partnership? It's awesome. It's it's awesome to be with someone who works in a creative field because they understand the need to do mm-hmm. it. So, in terms of our just life relationship, it's part of what you know binds us together mm-hmm. is that we both have these creative needs and creative outlets and desire to make things 
and now that we get to do it together, it you know makes it better. It's not always easy, but it it, it makes it a, a great experience to be able to to create something with uh, your partner. It's it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Definitely, and I, I imagine that being able to work together can help enhance each of your your work on both on both sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the the proximity when you're working on a project together, and you know, I'm the composer, and she's the the director, and you know, the director has very specific things that they want. I'm just speaking of the director as any director. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times when that happens, someone is giving you an email that says, oh, we want this kind of thing, or it's a phone call, or it's this, or it's that. And then you work on it, you work on it, you work on it, and you get it, and it's like, oh, that's the wrong thing, you got to do it again. Whereas Chanel and I can be in the same room, and I'll start like, you know, a couple bars of an idea, and she's like, "Mm, that's not right, which is great, because then I don't have to waste my time, you know, Right. Working my ass off on this thing. And then just to find out that it's exactly the wrong thing. So just, you know, proximity helps. It's also this other half of our relationship that we have to work on in a different way. Because, you know, we have to kind of switch modes into professionals together. Right. And, you know, you know, when you're with anyone for a certain amount of time, you're like, oh, my God, sometimes, you know, but like when you're now in this professional mode, it's like, okay, now I'm working for you. And we have to yeah. communicate at a different level. So it's helped us change the way we communicate too, and just in general. Um, so I, I think working on creative things together has has helped us communicate better just in a day-to-day basis too. Because awesome. I think you learn a lot about people when you understand how their brain works. I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what learning about people is, is understanding how right. their brain works. So when you, when you get to work on a creative project at this like, you know, intimate level, it just... You know, it definitely aids in um, understanding someone else well, that's and, awesome. and knowing how they tick. I mean, it helps that you two are both a couple of the best people I know. So, I mean, I oh, you're, thanks, you're Dan. great at getting communicating and being real, but also being kind and being empathetic. Yeah. So, it's it's great to see you guys working well together. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So, collaboration is like the kind of the the foundation of why I wanted to do this podcast to begin with, because yeah. I really missed that like the collaboration of being in a situation like art school or somewhere where I'm working with people, being inspired mm-hmm. by them, creating something together. And for better or worse, like the freedom that I've had in the uh, nomadic journeys that I've been on haven't let yeah. me work with the same people repeatedly or even some, a lot of the times I'm just working by myself. So right. being able to have a, a collaborator is is really great uh, for you. And that's what, what I kind of want. Definitely. I want this to become. Yeah. So to start that out... I wanted you to create the theme music for this yes. podcast, which not the first podcast you've created theme music not for, the for me. One. Um, you've also done it for the <laughs> movie podcast I do with Chuck, Imitating Art. Yeah. And yeah. we like, I, I, we, I gave you a brief idea of what I wanted for that. And you just like, just knocked it out of the park exactly what we wanted. Oh, like, thanks. I love that Thank theme you. music. Well, you gave me good instructions, which is always appreciated. And now our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. So I was really excited to see what you would do with this one. And now that everybody's heard the intro to this one, you've heard, they've heard what you've done. And uh, I was really, really excited to see what you came up with. And the like pop punky nature of it was super fun. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, to me anyway, that Chanel was like your 
like your emo ambassador over there to let, let oh, you yeah, know she's my she's my uh, my pop punk niece. <laughs> there you go <laughs> see now that's that's an unintentional almost an unintentional direct reference to a something corporate song i'm not sure if you know <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that that was definitely an unintentional reference uh, what, what? <laughs> there's a song called punk rock princess just ask her about it she'll she'll okay, know. cool all right <laughs> but I'll that's uh but that's great there was a few little tweaks we did to it but i i thought it came out really well and i think yeah. it really suits the tone for what i was going for interesting Interestingly, like on my intro kind of uh, teaser episode, little one minute thing I did, I right. I used uh, a song from our our old band Argyle Gargoyle that you yes. produced as well. Also and, recorded uh, that. Yeah. So you're woven into a lot of the things that I've done over the years. <laughs> so it's super woven cool. Woven into the fabric. It's funny, you and I have been good friends for a long time and long we've... Time spent time where we'd spend a lot of time together and then I wouldn't see you for three years and then we'd get back together. You know, it's one of those great friendships yeah. where we don't talk for Definitely. years and then we get back together and it's like nothing ever, uh, nothing ever changed. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And I, I, I always know like, I can just be like, Hey, I wonder what Don's doing right now. And there's two options. It's either that he's nearby and we can go on a hike or you're like living in Alaska for, for four months. And I'm like, okay, can't see Don right now. Well, I mean, to be fair, even though it seems like you are more of like a, a rooted person, uh, you've like, right. when I check in on you, you're either, uh, you could be anywhere too. You're either, you're on tour in Texas or you're yeah, well, living in Delaware surprise, or Surprise, we're, we're moving to Atlanta. So see, there you go. That's what I mean. We'll, you've we'll been be all back in Atlanta. Place. In a couple months. I guess New yeah. York is the longest place you've been in, right? Like that's yeah. long, how long did you live there? Like seven, eight years? I lived there for eight years, I wow. think. Yeah. In the same apartment the whole time too, which is notable. The beginning of your life there was right, wasn't it right after I drove to LA with you? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So we drove to LA because I, uh, I'm air quoting, moved to, to LA. Uh, I was there for maybe two months, maybe not even two months. And I was like, I can't do this. this is not <laughs> this is not right for me. I'm gonna say that was uh, November 2008. It exactly was. It was voting yes. day. We left. We departed on. We voted for Obama, yep. and then uh, then hit the road yep. to to Los Angeles. Had a fun time, except for you wanting to do a lot more disc golfing and me wanting to just get to California. We definitely had a definitely a, we definitely had a push and pull of like, all right, I'm on this yeah, trip to see stuff, and you wanted to get to your new place, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna make it. We made it work between the two of us. We did. We had a good time. It was fun. Also, my first time very going, memorable. My first time going to Arches. Arches was my first national park west of the Mississippi, and that kind of changed everything for me as far as like what I knew of and yeah. what I wanted. And I was like, okay, now I have to be there, you know, which led me yeah, to living in that, Utah for three years. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite trips. So cool. Like, specifically Arches was just like, oh man, this place is amazing. Yeah. The first time. Cause that's the first time I was in there too. I had I, heard of it, Okay, but I went on another road trip with Brendan Lee mm -hmm. and we went to the Grand Canyon. So I had been to the Grand Canyon and I think on our trip, if I remember right, we went to Arches first, just kind of off the cuff. We were like, oh, there it yeah. is. I've heard of that. Let's go. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Grand Canyon. We were like, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely... <laughs> but it's also like, you know, it's amazing there too. But like something about Arches was just like... For me, it's always been the the, the way you can interact with the rocks in Arches. Like you yeah. can walk right up to it and touch it and look at it and kind of walk over yeah. top of it. But in the Grand Canyon, you're always on the edge looking down. And yeah, it, yeah. it's gorgeous. I was just there two weeks ago. But it's mm -hmm. it doesn't have that same feeling of being a part of it, you know, the, the way no, the arches exactly. does. So, so that really kind of changed things for me. That I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be cool. 
doing whatever I can to travel west anytime. That yeah. I can. <laughs> and that has not changed <laughs> since that trip. <laughs> you are out west quite a bit. So. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're out west right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It just feels like home now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So one of the one of the questions I, I ask everybody is like, how how do you find that you work better when when you're inspired to do something? Now, I'm, I guess I'm specifically talking about when you're creating for yourself. Like, do you wait for okay. inspiration or do you force yourself to sit down and work on something? Well, I guess it's kind of both. I know, I know I hate that answer when it's both, but it kind of is because, well, number one, I have a difficult time doing that, mm-hmm. making just making stuff. I, I tend to work better when I have, um, when someone says, hey, Nate, I need you to do this. Um, whether that's producing music with someone or writing music for uh, video or film or, or something like that. That's when I'm the most productive is when I have someone else's work to kind of generate what I need mm-hmm. to do. Honestly, when it really comes down to it, I have very little work that's just my work. So like if you go on Spotify and search for Nathan Terry, you're not going to find anything. Mm-hmm. So when I do try to, you know, just make something, it's usually like a, a moment of inspiration, like, oh, that's a great idea. And I got to get that down. Mm-hmm. But I also try to make a practice out of it. Because I know that that's what I need to be more productive in that side of my creative right. life. I need to say, okay, you know, I got to sit down four four times a week for three hours at a time or two hours at a time. And now I'm saying I know that I need to do this. That doesn't mean I actually do it. That was going to be my next but question. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's That's always my goal. You know, that's like always in my head of, okay, I have to make this a practice. And it's just, it's it's difficult to do that. But I know that, you know, that's something that I'm working on. It really mm-hmm. is like uh, I'm just trying to improve that part of being a creative and being able to generate my own material better. I, I know is going to benefit from just making that practice out of it. Because like, you know, you can just sit down and work and it doesn't feel productive. And that's when you get frustrated and you're like, ah, man, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. But what you're doing is allowing that time to to not be productive. Mm-hmm. So that when you have those hours of being productive, you can actually create something. You know, you got to let yourself fail a little bit. That's a good lesson, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely working on that part of, of my creative life. Yeah, no doubt. And I think being a creative person or just, just being a human is that constant battle of yeah trying to, or you're feeling like we're always failing at. But I guess yeah. it's better to have goals that we're, uh, we're reaching for but failing than not yeah. setting any goals for ourselves that we Absolutely. can't reach. So yeah, it's it's the same as like working out or losing weight or quitting. You know, like all those kinds of things are just like you just have to do hmm. it. You know, there's there's no way you want to you want to drop thirty pounds. You got to stop eating. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that, stuff, that you, you know start running because I almost so, I feel yeah. like the, the 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 kind of failure that comes with like not reaching those like sit down and work on something kind of goals never felt the same yeah. to me as like a workout kind of mm. goal. But you're right; they mm-hmm. are kind of they are the same kind of thing. It's all just it's very, it's very similar for me. Yeah. Sitting down and like deciding what's important, and then yeah. changing your habits to fit what you need to do. Absolutely, and and also too, like that's not to say that I'm not always tinkering with something. I think that's where I kind of fall short sometimes when I'm trying to make stuff for myself. Is I'm like, all right, you know, I I need to make an album, or I need to make an EP, or I need to make a single mm-hmm. or something. And more often than not, I end up trying to learn something new about my craft. 
That's great. And instead, which is a good thing to do, but it's in exchange of generating material, you know? So I'll sit down and open a piece of software that I use and start to make something. And then I'm like, ooh, how do I do this? Ooh, how do I get this software to do this? How do I get it to do this? And that's a good thing. I know how to use more of the software, but then, you know, I work for three hours and all I have to show for it is a sound that goes like, meow, which like, <laughs> you know, I can't release. <laughs> right. Which I guess, I guess, so, which probably feels less productive, but then there's probably going to come a time where you get a, a gig or a job where you need to do something with that specific tool and then absolutely. you know how to do it without taking that three yeah. hours. So, yeah, totally. So it's never unproductive. It's, it's just, um, you know, different, different results. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of advice, is there any, is there any advice you've gotten from anyone that sticks with you that, that comes to mind? It's kind of what I was just talking about. I think developing that practice, or I guess what I, what I mentioned prior to that, mm -hmm. which is giving yourself time, you know, making it a job, making it work for yourself. I think making it a job is a good, I have this written down basically. Like yeah. if I'm going to work for myself, I need to work. You need for to work. Myself, yeah. you know? It's not, yeah, I don't really, just have these, I don't easy. have the time off because I don't have a no. scheduled job. I need right. to, if I right. want to work for myself, I need to be the boss that makes myself sit down and work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a hard lesson painful. to learn. <laughs> um, it's a very hard lesson to learn. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the process of, so where did you start when it came to uh, writing the uh, the theme for this this podcast? I want to ask you sure. like, what your process was. Yeah. Well, you first gave me very specific references, mm -hmm. which when I'm working on a project like that is the absolute best thing that anyone can do. Because sometimes people will be like, you know, I want it to sound fast, but I also want it to be like cool. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you mean. All right. By that. Fast and cool. <laughs> fast and cool. You got it. <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I always called you. <laughs> but um, no, you gave me like two songs and you said, I like this part from one minute and 35 seconds to two minutes and 10 seconds. And I listened to that exact segment and I was like, I know what you mean. And then you gave me another very specific reference like that. And I was like, I know what you mean by that. So after I got those references, which this point in time, I cannot remember exactly what they were. You no, know, one of them was Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. And I think it was, uh, I know it was Jimmy Eat was World. Was an AFI? It was Jimmy, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. 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 And then you said what you liked about those parts. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like the, the chugging guitar thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. And then there's the the lovable guitar harmonies yeah, or guitar harmonies. <laughs> guitar harmonies, yeah. yes. <laughs> so I started with a drum track because I'm a drummer and that's where I started music. And for me, a lot of writing music starts with, I'm not going to say starts with the drums because not everything has drums in it, but it starts with that like skeleton of what the music is and it provides a structure for you. Mm -hmm. So as a drummer, you're you're not ever playing chords. You're not ever playing um, melodic notes. You're not playing harmonies and melodies and everything like that. You are just giving the pulse and the structure. And you're almost like, like when you're playing in a band, in, in a sense, you're kind of directing things, mm -hmm. right? You can slow things down. You can speed things right. up. When I'm writing music, especially music that involves drums directly, I always start with a drum track. So I basically laid out the form, which was super simple. It was just like basically a verse twice, and then it went into a, a chorus slash bridge type thing, and then kind of recapped like half a verse. I did start with a guitar, uh, rhythm guitar track. So like the mm -hmm. kind of stuff and built that. So it kind of added on to that drum structure, you know, sort of a chord structure, even though it's just like power chords for the most part. Right. 
and then the harmony came from adding a couple extra guitar layers on top of this. So there's like a couple moving guitar parts. And then I, I think the first thing I sent you was just that. I, I sent you the drums and all the guitar stuff. Yeah. And you came back to me with the original bridge slash chorus that I wrote. I think it was just like a little too metal. It was like really distorted and like chuggy. Yeah. It somehow yeah. if I felt like it lost some of that like like bright energy that it had. Yeah, it wasn't like light at all. It was it was very like heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the opposite <laughs> of light. So I went back and I didn't really pull what I changed it to from your references. I kind of just pulled it from like pop punk in general, yeah. where there's these moments where the guitar cleans up and you have like those little like ding, 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 mm-hmm. all those melodic lines that happen. Little in the Blink-182-ish, little chimey. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Chimey tones and stuff like that. I changed the drums up. I put like a, like a Tom groove on there and stuff like that. So just kind of, you know, approached it from a different angle. And I think you were happy with yeah. that. And that was the biggest change. And then I added the the bass to it, which is for the most part, just filling out the the low mm-hmm. end and then did a mix you know, yeah as it comes i mean kind of went through after it. the little intro it comes in with the bass slide and you know i'm a sucker for a bass slide and uh yeah <laughs> and a full stop so <laughs> <laughs> so we got both we got both of those in 45 seconds that's it's pretty good and also for the bass what i ended up doing too was i recorded that bass slide when i sent you the first draft mm-hmm. and then i was like all right i'll play the bass parts later and then I started to like play it on the bass and I was like, this is going to take me forever <laughs> to play this on the bass. So the, the bass is actually just like, I was just playing it on a keyboard. It's just like a bass okay, yeah. playing on the keyboard. Um, so the, the slide is real. Mm-hmm. That's me sliding. And then it goes into me just playing a bass line on the keyboard. So <laughs> I feel like I remember something like that from something we recorded. Like I remember the bass yeah. slide was real and then everything else was kind of synthed in uh, yeah. in some way. <laughs> <laughs> I like the term synthed in. <laughs> that will be your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> synthed in with Nathan Terry. <laughs> Maybe just be the title of this one. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, I really, really was really liked how it came. I want to say that the first thing I thought when I heard like the first version you sent me was... I want to hear this whole song. Like, I want to hear the lyrics to this song. It was, right. it was a song that it's a song that I just really like. It's just like, I, I really love the oh, music cool. and it makes me want. That's great. It, it's already gotten stuck in my head quite a few times. And that was only after the first three or four times I listened to it. Thanks again for doing that. That was great. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Really happy with the, with the result. Me too. Yeah. I think it turned out good. Yeah. And, and, and thanks Chanel for all of her input as well. <laughs> Absolutely. She, I think she had a melody too. Cause she, you know, she's just near me when I'm doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Whenever I'm making music, there's like, you know, you're working on one measure of it and you have it on loop just to figure out a part. Mm-hmm. So there's like, you know, probably eight minutes that go by where it's just like, just like over and over and over again. So she had plenty of time to hear that song. So she's I think she came up with the probably song. got it stuck in her head. Oh, definitely. I just have like a few like kind of rapid fire kind of stuff for the end. First of all, uh, how do you want to be remembered? Feel free to take as much time as you need with that one. (laughs) I think I just want to be remembered as someone that people enjoyed working with. You know, I mean, in relation to music Mm -hmm. and and my career. Yeah. Uh, You know, someone who who people just like to be around and we had fun and we had a good time doing the stuff that we did. Yeah. 
I, th- I think that's I think that's it. As far as uh, my experience with you, I can say you've achieved that so far. Um, okay, good, good. Yeah, I set I set, I set uh, achievable goals for I'll myself. Say, <laughs> of the many people I know, I feel like you're you're one of the few people I I know that like I don't really know anybody who doesn't like Nate. <laughs> even, oh, I know somebody. I'm sure you do, but it's from my perspective, it's like everybody I talk to is like, oh yeah, yeah, Nate, yeah, I worked yeah, with him. It was great. I would totally work with him again. <laughs> but that's great. That's I think that's a, that's a good thing to 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 shoot for. Yeah, I think it, it makes, you know, it makes me want to, to work with people, you know, when I when I just set out to enjoy. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean that, that's the beauty of one of the, that's one of the beauties of what we do yeah. is that yeah. to, to be in a creative situation, we get to work with people that we like. Yeah. If we don't like it, yeah. if it's not fun, mm-hmm. then we'll find a way to stop doing it and do something else. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's it's not always fun. That's something I've definitely learned over the years doing this is that there can be times where it's it's difficult mm-hmm. to work with someone and even if someone you're really good friends with and you're working on something and you're just like it's hard <laughs> sometimes even more when it's somebody you're really good friends with <laughs> it, oh yeah absolutely yeah it, it, it can be really challenging sometimes i think there's some other dynamics at play when you're working with your friends where sometimes totally. it's like it's hard to be as as honest or straightforward or exactly as yeah. mo- it's hard to take directions from friends or creative criticisms yeah. i guess yeah or also sometimes you just kind of want to like when you know someone really well and you just kind of want to fall into your working patterns yeah and you kind of forget that you're working with someone and they're like oh no i want it to be this one you're like no <laughs> right yeah that's a little bit of a bit of a double-edged sword in that situation yeah yeah it can it can be challenging <laughs> what's inspiring you right now are there any uh, books music movies that you've been watching that's uh hit you lately uh yeah i have been listening to this band black midi which is really weird and really cool and interesting and i they definitely, I don't know much about them on a personal level, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty young dudes out of England, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just feels that way. You know, it's like really creative, kind of abstract rock music. Cool. But it's just like, I just, I've never heard anything like it. That's kind of what's been interesting me lately. I kind of go on ebbs and flows of what I listen to, whether it's something I'm, I know really well and I'm really comfortable with. Or like right now, it's like, okay, let me explore and let me find some other kind of sound Hmm. that I've never heard before. So I've I've been trying to find stuff that's just like kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. And that's what's kind of been interesting me lately. So that's one of them, Black Midi. And then there's a band that's been around for quite a while, but I never knew about um, called The Lounge Lizards. Hmm. And there's an HBO show called Painting with John. Have you heard of that show before? No, I haven't. But I think I've heard of this band. Yeah. So his name is John Lurie. And he's a saxophone player. And I didn't know that at all. I just was flipping through HBO and I saw this show painting with John. And I sounds like, well, I'm, I'm interested in that. What's this all about? <laughs> and it's just kind of this like cynical, sour, silly old guy who paints amazing paintings and just kind of reflects on his life. And that's the show. Hmm. That's it. But the music in it was awesome. I was like, what is this music? I've never heard anything like this before. And I realized, oh, that's his music. Oh, wow. Um, so I looked him up and found out he's in this band that's been around since like the seventies or at least early eighties and has put out like amazing albums that are like in the same kind of a vein as that band I just mentioned, Black Midi, where really it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the jazz idiom mm-hmm. more so than rock, but it's just like, he just has this singular voice. So any, any kind of music where you can hear that someone has just approached something from a completely different angle that like you just never thought 
of that ever like and that's what that band does oh, that's great and it can get a little out there sometimes uh, easily like it gets pretty out there but then there's just moments of just sublime i've never heard anything like this before and so that's that's definitely what's been uh tickling my <laughs> fancy i have label. to imagine that is that is that a phrase tickling my fancy i think so it tickles your fa- something okay. can tickle your fancy <laughs> yeah. so i guess you can use <laughs> yeah. it in the present tense right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i gotta say I, I gotta imagine that the you have to go to those crazy places to find the sublime, like to find those yeah, things in jazz so. and music and every and anything else. Like you have to like push the boundaries and like do stuff that's bad yeah. to find like the really good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like when artists put themselves out there like that. I, I really sure. respect that when it's just like, here's stuff that I thought of and, and you know, that's me take and take, take mm-hmm. or leave it. Um, that's, that's interesting. I appreciate that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of a singular voice, if I'm going to put something out there that I've been uh, listening to lately is uh, Angels and Airwaves, mm-hmm. which I never really, li- oh, nice. I never really listened to them uh, for several reasons because of like, just because of the blink thing and the way that he, Tom right. left the band. And I also just was never really into the kind of the airy sound of Tom's new right. weird voice. Um, mm-hmm. But I've listened to some of their stuff, go- like looking back now, because they're one of, they had a new song that's really good. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll I'll give their catalog another listen. And I've been listening again and kind of really enjoying it. Maybe from like a different point in my awesome. life, I'm enjoying it in a different way. Yeah, that's the one of the amazing things about any kind of art really is, is there's something that you can maybe not be interested in and check it back out again in five years. And it's like your favorite thing you've yeah, ever heard. Super so cool. um, I'm going to check out more angels and airwaves because yeah. <laughs> i've also never listened to much angels and airwaves so there we go awesome before i finish off i'll say is are there any local bands small artists that you would uh recommend or anybody you know of that you'd want to put out there feel free to put your own band out there as well <laughs> sure yeah um my band is goodbye picasso and we've been playing together for a really long time we have an album on spotify called um what's it called <laughs> It's not called Nathan Terry because <laughs> we already we already uh, determined that if we search Nathan Terry, <laughs> you will not find anything. <laughs> you won't find anything. It's called Somewhere Between the Dog and the Wolf. Really? Yeah. But yeah, that's Goodbye Picasso. And that's a band from when I lived in New York. And I still go up there and play with them whenever I can. While we're talking about the dog and the wolf, mm-hmm. I will again recommend uh, watching In and of Itself on Hulu. Oh, yes. Once again. Don't look anything. Don't look it up before. I will I say this to everybody else too. Don't don't look anything okay. up about it before. I promise it's just a really good one hour of your life that you will not regret watching. And cool. that reference is in there, and you'll learn a little bit more about it if you don't know already. <laughs> okay, I don't know much about it at all. I I could just have a general idea of what it could mean. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a plug here for uh, Indie Dicks for Chanel's playlists and just like media brand that she's building up. Totally. Um, she's she's doing um, a lot of trying to provide uh, a place for small independent artists to thrive. And so she's been building up that coming from many different angles, mm-hmm. um, whether it's uh, from visual media or projects that she's working on are all surrounding this Indie Digs project. Um, and one of the most forward things out there right now are following her on spotify and on apple music Mm -hmm. and it's just like pretty pretty amazing incredibly thorough compendiums of music that has come out throughout the years Mm -hmm. so it's all by genre and it's all broken down into these really specific categories so if you're like i want to hear this kind of music what are the best examples of this kind of music you can just like click on one of those playlists and they're just like amazing playlists and then in addition to those there are all new bands. So there's a, a playlist called New Digs and it's once a month 
all there's certain parameters and i think they've kind of changed a little bit over time but the general idea is you know if you have less than so many it's like a thousand or five thousand or less followers on on spotify mm-hmm. and you've released new music that month then you could potentially be on this playlist oh, awesome. of just unheard of artists. So that's that's the goal there is just to provide an outlet for for that kind of thing. That's great. And I appreciate her determination for finding new artists and new music and stuff too because yeah. that can be it yeah. can be hard and you know doing it yourself is a challenge definitely. Like you have to dig through a lot of stuff. So someone who really definitely. loves music like her definitely uh is yeah. the, the kind of person you should be yeah, following. Absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I just don't follow music. You know, I just listen to the radio, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. there's some good stuff on the radio. But I think the reason why a lot of people don't continue to seek out new music is because it is kind of challenging because there's so much of it. Yeah. So when you can find like someone who curates things for you, it makes it so much easier to just be like, wow, listen to all this stuff that's, yeah. you know, it definitely people helps. are just making yeah. <laughs> so many people are just making so many things that, yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. To, that's uh, awesome. To trust someone. Yeah. Cool. I could like go on and on with other friends that I know that make music. It's okay. Well, well, we can, we can leave it at that and then we'll, we can re we'll revisit yeah. and, uh, but I'll, I'll going to sure. link all this stuff, uh, in the show notes. So anybody can okay, find, cool. find, uh, goodbye Picasso and, uh, in Indie Digs. And, yeah. um, while we're on plugs, uh, is there anywhere that people can find you on the interwebs right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my website is nterrymusic.com. And that's also my Instagram handle. Not a lot going on on Instagram for me, but feel free to follow me because hopefully one day there will be more going mm-hmm. on in there. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's it's an occasional thing here and there. But yeah, my website is nterrymusic.com. Okay, that's where you can find all your all your stuff. Cool. Yeah. You can find me at uh, Don't Worry, I'm Finite on uh, YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Don't Worry, I'm Finite. Uh, you can also find all my other stuff at don't worry, I'm finite.com and on Instagram and Twitter at Don is finite. As we finish, I want to say thanks again to Nathan for joining me. Uh, You're welcome. It was Don. a fun little chat. We should do this more often. Absolutely. <laughs> Even yeah. if we don't yeah, have to record great. next time. <laughs> yeah, let's just record it anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, last thing I want to do before you go, I just have you say your name. Don't worry, okay. I'm finite. I'm Nate. Don't worry, I'm finite. You got it on the first try, everyone. Good job. Thanks uh, for sticking with us, guys. And uh, yeah, stay creative until the next time. See you later. See you.